Booze and books may contain boozy language and themes. Listener discretion is advised. Hey guys, Lindsay and I are back for the new year, new podcast in 2021. This is round two for her and I. <laughs> we are. We already recorded like over 80 minutes yesterday and uh, our app, because we have to do it virtually right now, totally failed on us. And now we're trying to do it again. So you are getting all the new, well, hopefully new stuff, maybe new ideas. I don't know. We'll see. <laughs> um, but yeah, we're, so we're back and uh, this uh, new year, we started with a rom-com called um, The Roommate by Rosie Dannon. And, yeah, down in. Um, and then we're also drinking wine this year from, um, we did, went with Ontario for Pele Island. Ooh, so we got some, um, yeah, I finally got it right. No one's saying it too. So uh, <laughs> we got two different types of their brands. So one of their brands is called Lola and that's what we kind of went for the name of the podcast. So the name of the, this episode is The Roommate Lola. So um before we get into the actual um podcast I guess we'll uh just want to do our normal housekeeping thing of if you guys uh want to follow us on uh, our Instagram account boozeandbooks.podcast that is where you're going to find what we're currently reading what we're going to read for the podcast um any new alcohol booze we're drinking anything like that you can usually find it on there sometimes we're a little bad at actually posting things on there but you know <laughs> it's new year maybe we'll get way better at it never know <laughs> new more on my end Kristen kills the instagram game so yes well when i try when i actually remember to do it <laughs> <laughs> but uh yeah definitely check it out um if there's any like books you guys think we should read or anything like that you can always uh, suggest it on our account as well so Booze and Books podcast, and um, if you want to reach out to us on our personal ones, it's Lynn dot said L I N D dot S A I D dot uh, or dot <laughs> <laughs> com. <laughs> oh, I was just like going to start to mine for some reason. Okay, so it's L I N D dot S A I D, no other period on that, and then mine's Kristen dot S H E W. So. Uh, Moving on to the wine, which is, I think, what most people love about the podcast. Well, maybe not, but it's one of our favorite parts because it uh, gets us going on our drinking of the night. So about yeah. noon where we are. So not really night right we'll now. We'll pretend but. it's night and we'll pretend that Kristen doesn't have to work tomorrow. Um, and we'll pretend that this is the first time we're recording this. So. <laughs> Exactly. <laughs> I'll take it. Yeah. So um, I think from what I remember, Lindsay has one from Lola and one from their like, I guess, reserve or main line. So I will let her take it away. Okay, guys. Well, so um, yes, Kristen is correct. I have one Lola and one Chardonnay from their like main Pele Island 
label. Um, anyway, so I've got a really fun wine glass because all of my other wine glasses are currently in the washing machine getting cleaned from all the wine I've been drinking these past few days. Um, and then, um, great. <laughs> um, <laughs> Sorry, guys. What does your wine glass look like? Because now I'm in. Oh, yeah. Yeah. It is a. um, So it's like one of those traveler ones. And it's um, got a a top on it. So you can actually, like, you know, um, carry it with you (laughs) to places you probably shouldn't bring wine. And then it's. So it's this really nice mint color, which Kristen, I feel like you would really like. And then um, it's got Baby Yoda on it. Oh my god, that's so adorable! You must send me a photo. <laughs> so uh, anyway, that's that's my fun treat of the day. But sorry, back to the wine. I've uh, I'm just grabbing it. So um, this is uh, like I said. I'll start with the the regular label because the Lola one I'm really excited to drink. Um, so this one is Pele Island. Um, it's from 2018. It's their um, ring necked pheasant chardonnay and like Kristen said it is from ontario um so on the back it just goes into some information about the ring-necked pheasant which i will share with you guys um so the ring-necked pheasant was introduced to the united states from china in 1880 fun fact and four pairs were released on pele island in 1897 from these birds the population grew to an estimated 60,000 by 1932 a relatively high population is still maintained throughout the township's pheasant farm. So, you know, just, just some early morning bird facts for you. Um, so this Chardonnay, it says it's um, a fresh and enticing wine with peach, melon, and vanilla flavors, good acid, and a lovely refreshing feel in the mouth that lingers on the finish. So, um, Obviously love my, love my peach. Um, vanilla, I'm always kind of hesitant about because I always am worried it's gonna make it too sweet. Um, and then melon to me is different just because I feel like I don't have a lot of wines with like a melon in it. So, oh, let's give it a try. Let's see. Oh, sorry, color. Um, sorry, this would have been way better if I had a clear glass, but it's like a, um, I think I described it as an angelic yellow. <laughs> You did. <laughs> you did describe it that way. Really trying to keep it consistent here. Um, so it's a really beautiful, <laughs> light Chardonnay color. Um, it's your typical fucking Chardonnay yellow. So that's really all I've got. Um, so smelling it, uh, definitely smell the peach actually right now. Uh, yesterday I didn't smell it so much. Um, but tiny little bit of hint of um, melon. I don't smell the vanilla and I did yesterday. So keep in mind, this wine has been sitting here for a day. Sorry guys. Um, So it's definitely a lot more muted than it was when I tried it yesterday in terms of the smell, but I smell the peach more today. So that's, that's different. Um, Ooh, yeah. Taste wise, still really great. Um, So it's, what I like about this Chardonnay is it starts on the front of your tongue and then just goes all the way back. So it starts with a little bit of that vanilla as soon as you taste it. Um, but it's not overwhelming, which I really, really like. So it's, it's really crisp or sorry, it's not even crisp. It's like 
fresh. And um, so the vanilla hits at the front of the tongue and then it slowly like moves back of your tongue. <laughs> um, and you get some of those peach notes and um, the melon a little bit for sure. Um, it's definitely not acidic. So I know it does say it's a good acid, but um, I don't find it acidic at all. Um, it's very smooth, very like not mellow, but not like, like it's not like watery, but it's, it's like, it's like a chill Chardonnay. Um, <laughs> uh, and it's like a tiny, 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 tiny bit buttery. So it's like not super buttery, but it's got a nice like smooth finish, I guess. And I feel like that's from the vanilla more so than anything else. Anyway, really like it. Um, definitely would drink this again. Um, still doesn't beat out my contender bread and butter, but I'd say it's a top five for sure. Like this is a pretty great um, tasting and smelling wine. This one was $15.99 Canadian. So cheapest out of all four that we bought. Um, so honestly, for a $16 bottle of wine, uh, it's pretty great, I would say. So yeah, would recommend. Nice. What about, did you want me to go with uh, one of mine? I was going to say me because I, uh, I got to finish this glass before I move on to my next glass. <laughs> Fair enough. Okay, so I'll start off with the Pinot Noir. So on the back of the bottle, um, it says that the flavors are reminiscent of sweet and red berries, plums, tomatoes, and cherries. It is well suited to pair with poultry, beef, fish, ham, lamb, and pork, or any vegetarian dishes. The wine should play well with creamy sauces, spicy seasonings, and may just be one of the world's most versatile food wines. So basically everything it is basically listed on this entire like, on the back of this wine bottle. Like yeah. it's, got most, it's got most food groups, I'd say. Like it's got the veggies in there too. So um anyways, so it's kind of like your typical Pinot Noir. It's got a really light um color to it. Like I said yesterday, it's kind of like um cranberry juice has been watered down um a decent amount yeah. uh I did use a thing called Corvan thing on it yesterday so it's supposed to make the wine stay kind of like fresh or whatever for up to I think 30 days or three weeks or something like that I can't fully remember Maybe. anyways so we'll see how um I haven't really tried it with a red wine that I yeah, I don't think we've tried it with red wine yet, so it'll be interesting. So I think when I smelled it, I smell more tomatoes today. You smell the tomatoes? Yeah. And some cherries in it. I don't really smell the plums like I did yesterday. This sounds super like like interesting. I like want to try it so bad because of the tomatoes. Um like I said yesterday, it, I do, it's still very tart, but it's still very smooth at the same time. It kind of like just hits your mouth and then just kind of like, kind of like washes over your tongue, I guess, in a way, but you're so distracted by the tart of it. So you don't really get a lasting flavor to it as it continues on, but. That's fair. Um, definitely the next day, it's not as fresh, I think. Oh. I don't know. I think this, I think this one is more one that I would recommend probably drinking when you first open it and not really keeping it. Yeah. Um, uh, 
could just be me and the fact that it's just Pinot and maybe like the way I he kept it. I don't know, but um, you taste, you still taste the tomatoes and like the cherries. Um, I don't really taste any sweet red berries in it. Like I don't really taste any sweetness to it at all. Oh, okay. Um, I think the plums are adding to the tartness of it as well. So it's it's still pretty good. I just I liked it more yesterday. Oh, for sure. Okay. So it's like one of those that when you open it, you're probably gonna want to finish it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Like I'll I'll still drink it all, definitely. But yeah. Well, and who knows? Maybe it could still be any lingering. Uh, toothpaste <laughs> taste in my mouth oh there it, yeah, it is early man it is early for us so <laughs> yeah it hasn't like I don't know maybe it's just like that could be also maybe a factor so who knows but it I would still say it's still really good compared to like some of the other Pinot Noirs that we've had over the past like last year and stuff like that specifically the Haywire one <laughs> that was garbage I thought that shit's disgusting oh. man that's my take on the Pinot. Um, okay. Did Are you ready to go for your second one? I am, if that's cool. Okay. Yeah, go ahead. Perfect. Okay, so moving on to Lola. Um, super pretty bottle, like beautiful roses on mine. Um, just like overall really pretty. So this is actually a sparkling blush. Um, so thought it was a rosé. Kristen um, actually noticed on the back when we were shopping for this that uh, it says do not shake and she was like WTF so uh, she realized it was a sparkling wine before I did um, so I'm excited about this because we haven't done a sparkling wine I don't think at all um, let alone a blush sparkling wine so um, super excited about this one so on the back it just says this blush sparkling wine has hints of strawberry and blood orange flavors Serve chilled. The sparkling is the perfect accompaniment to hors d'oeuvres, delicate first courses, white meats, and fruit-based desserts. So kind of everything you would, I guess, kind of think that a rosé would go with. Um, I am excited to try it, so I'm going to try it. Okay. Oh, shoot. Forgot it was sparkling again. Um, so definitely some carbonation there. Not as carbonated as yesterday, sadly, but that's to be expected. Um, mm. So good. Okay. So um, it's definitely like regular rose color, just with like bubbles. Um, bubbles. Um, so it's like a, a light blush color. Um, typical run of the mill rose, honestly. So nothing crazy. Um, okay. Smelling it for sure, smell the strawberries. Um, not too much of the blood orange in the smell. Yeah. Um, Still looks carbonated, so that's exciting. Don't really know what else to say about the smell per se, but here we go. Mm. Okay, so it's definitely sweet. Um, it's a little bit sweeter than I like my rosés normally, so uh, I don't know how much I would drink this. Um, I think it's a really great option as like a gift for someone um, if they're celebrating something. So just like an alternative to champagne or Prosecco. Um, 
And the bottle, like I said, is really pretty. So definitely a good gift. This one was, I think I said like $21.99 or $20.99. Um, so a little bit higher than the Chardonnay, but close to the Pinots uh, and the other red that you have, the Cab Franc. Um, so uh, the carbonation helps with the sweetness. It is like, like I said, just a little too sweet for me, but um, the, the bubbles help kind of mute it. It's definitely taste some taste the strawberry it's um i think that's what's predominantly the sweet part of it um today i don't taste as much as the blood orange as i tasted yesterday so yesterday it took a little while for me to taste the blood orange um i don't really taste it at all today so that's unfortunate but it is there when you first open the bottle um yeah it's definitely mostly strawberry for sure actually i shouldn't say that i got a little hint of the blood orange um but definitely mostly strawberry um, but yeah, it's, it's really good, really crisp and refreshing. So like I could see, I told Kristen this yesterday, I could see, um, it going really well with like prosciutto and melon, or did I say that about the Chardonnay? Fuck, probably about the Chardonnay. Um, this too though, I feel like either, uh, would go really well with like a prosciutto melon kind of like hors d'oeuvre style. Um, but yeah, really good. Great summer drink. Like for sure. Summer is like what comes to mind for this. Yeah, that's all. <laughs> that's, that's all. That's I'm intrigued to taste that. Like, yeah. Whenever we're allowed to see each other next, we should definitely like. I know. Pick maybe one of the wines each. And just I, re I really want to try it. Your Pinot Noir. The it's the tomato. Like, I want to try that so bad. It sounds really cool. I'm trying to like well mind you most of the wines I drink like my family and stuff like that I don't read the back those bottles which I don't think they really talk like yeah. I don't think they list this stuff as much um because usually we're getting them through like uh, a wine club thing that comes in from like the actual countries but um I don't remember ever seeing tomato on a Right? described in a wine before so that one's definitely interesting for that so i'm yeah i'm very intrigued by that your uh uh sparkling rosé though i'm Do very you intrigued by wines? Uh, i wouldn't say it's my go-to but yeah. i definitely will drink it yeah yeah that's fair yeah it like yeah i'll, I'll definitely try it because like some of them they're like I agree like I probably wouldn't drink a whole bottle to myself but like yeah like a taste testing them or just having like a glass or two of it like yeah. especially like chilling and hanging out and ch chatting and stuff I'd totally do it yeah that's fair so I'm always in <laughs> perfect <laughs> um so my second one is the Cob uh, Cabernet Franc and um Cabernet Semillon so the back of my, so this one's also Lola, like her last one and like hers, it's also the one with like flowers and stuff on it. So it's kind of a little bit more, I guess it's got more of a feminine spin to the label, I guess, if you want to go with that. But um, the back of mine says uh, the blend of the uh, Cabernet Franc and the Cabernet Sauvignon offers flavors of cherry, currants with a hint of uh, cedar. The finish is long and filled with subtle tannins paired with pair it with a barbecue of local meat or with grilled fish. So that one is a little bit more understanding on, you don't list every single fucking food on the back of it, but that's just me. Nice. 
Um, but the color is definitely darker, but not like a lot more darker than um, the Pinot Noir, but it is more closer to like your standard reds that you see. Oh yeah. Um, um, I smell the like currant and like the cedar more today than the cherries. Oh yeah. In the smell, but let me just go ahead and taste it. Shockingly, the taste on this one still gives me the cherries with the like currant. And I think you do kind of get a subtle hint of that cedar because I think it, I think the currant specifically maybe brings in more of the tartiness too. Because it, it, like the other one, it's tart, but it's not, the other one's a little bit more in your face tart. This one's a little bit more subtle on the tartness, which I kind of like more. Yeah, that's fair. Yeah, you, it, I don't know. I think this turned out better. Maybe it's because we already drank some wine. So your the other flavors <laughs> in your mouth are kind of going. But this one uh, does taste uh, just as good as it did yesterday. I agree. So yeah, no, it's. Oh, sorry, fam. What was that? Uh, just, you know, all my fucking notifications going crazy. <laughs> but yeah, no, this would be definitely a good bottle of wine to just chill and relax and like drink it. Um, not a huge, well, I guess barbecue of local meats. Could be steak or anything like that. So um, I don't know if I'd really drink it with like an actual steak or anything like that but really um yeah usually I like more of a straight up cab for that that's yeah. a little bit more bold but I'd say this would definitely go well with like um maybe I tuna or something like that or even for meats if you want to do um uh like a flank steak or something oh that'd be good but for me, I wouldn't want to have it with steak, but that's just because I like certain kind of wines with uh, steak. But yeah, no, I I still really like both of the wines, which is obviously good. Well, yeah. <laughs> obviously, it shouldn't change that much within like less than 24 hours, but you never know. Right. I've had like, like very few wines, but like I've had it where I've liked it one day and then like second day I was like, oh my God, is this, this is garbage. <laughs> That's true. Sometimes the wines don't really like, once you open them, I feel like maybe they just aren't the same afterwards. I also didn't aerate the Cabernet this morning. Um, I just like yesterday, I aerated it first. Oh so yeah. I didn't do it this time. So it's still really good either way. There's not like with reds too. Um, there's usually like sometimes a lot of sediment in it. And um, I feel like this one probably doesn't have any sediment in oh. that too wine Interesting. now if you drink a wine called pessimist there's a lot of sediment in that one you pretty much have to try and aerate it maybe twice so oh wow yeah it's some wines are really bad with the sediment but this these two wines for, for sure the pinot noir um you don't have to aerate it or anything but yeah it's nice because this cap you don't really need to worry about that 
that's good. salmon thing and you probably could get away with not aerating it at all either but both of them uh are um i'm trying to remember which order one's 19.99 one's 29 so it's really only a dollar difference but she said the cab franc was the more expensive of the two was it okay then yeah both of them are pretty reasonable like they're definitely like good ones to like you said the lola one since it's like a nice cute bottle as well would be a yeah. good present for like a house farming or something like that when you're going over to a friend's house so yeah i'd say both like both ones are definitely good ones to just like take with you to your friend's house for uh any hangouts and stuff like that and definitely with that intriguing uh flavor for the pinot noir i'd definitely recommend uh, having my friends try it because yeah, you don't really see tomatoes listed very often so yeah nice. definitely recommend so i'd say it's still an eight out of ten for me for yeah these ones. i think i think eight out of five or eight out of five eight point five out of ten for me um on these ones but i think well it's a nice change from haywire for you um so it's look at us starting 2021 20, off with a sort of great bang <laughs> I know usually well I don't know sometimes with the wines especially since we usually select them from the fact that we're trying to find wines with titles like with their names to coincide with our book name sometimes it brings us down some paths of interesting wines that sometimes don't maybe turn out that well <laughs> right and then sometimes it gives us like really good wines like that one time we did 19 crowns and such like and there was oh we haven't done bread and butter yet wait have we no we have oh we have oh yeah we did yeah oh yeah 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 so like sometimes we get the chance to like have really good wines or wines that we normally drink so i don't know interesting times on that but let's move on to the book <laughs> Yay. I'll let you start it off. Um, okay. What? Oh, what? You like the? Uh, what was your overall view? I guess of the book. Not too sure. That's what I was trying to say. <laughs> um, I liked it. It was a, I, it was a relatively like easy read. Um, I don't want to say easy. Oh my! Your God. notifications are super loud in my ear. <laughs> it's. I, I'm putting everything I thought everything was on mute my bad um <laughs> I was like damn oh god um so I'm uh what the fuck was I saying yes so uh I liked it um it I wanted it to be my favorite um rom-com that we've read but that's a, it wasn't but just more because I feel like I don't know I just wasn't as into it but I really like the storyline so I love that like it was just such a different take with like porn stars being added into it and like all these different things so I I liked that aspect of it um I liked the characters uh I know we'll get into that in a little bit but um I liked like all the different characters that were involved whether they were primary or secondary um Oh my God, I'm sorry. It doesn't end you guys. I swear I tried to turn these off. <laughs> um, and then I, uh, I also just really liked all like the little stories that made up the book. Like there was, 
a couple of like overarching stories around her creating this company and around her leaving her family. But I also liked like the little ones of like her moving because of Everett, not Bennett, Everett. <laughs> and like having this like, like crush on this guy for so long, stuff like that. So um, I liked all of those little pieces of it. Um, so I, like overall, really great book. I, I thought the style of writing actually, uh, I didn't touch on this history, but I actually really liked the author's style of writing. Um, it wasn't like over uh, overcomplicated, but it wasn't like super just like, no, 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 no. Like, I don't know. It just like felt more fictiony than non-fictiony. And I do have to say, like, I was kind of surprised um, with how like sexual it got, but I guess that's kind of to be expected with the tone of the book and the backstory. So um, yeah, what did you think? Um, before I get into what I think, I'm curious, what book, like what romance book that we've read, do you like more than this one? Um, you know what? Fuck, I need to go like through them all again. Um, the one that honestly comes to mind is um, the one that we read, was it called Royals or Royal like the royalty one? Oh, the teen romance one? Oh, I guess that was teen, wasn't it? Also though, yeah. the other one I liked was Sin. I I know that was more like, I don't know. Is, that's not like, is that romance? That's, it's not contemporary. Yeah, that, yeah that, I think it would be considered contemporary romance. I call it chiclet, but yeah. Yeah, it's definitely romance though. Emma Hart, lover. I figured it was, I couldn't remember if it was Emma Hart or not, but yes, I liked Sin. Um, just because, and like you said this yesterday, but because her characters are a little bit more like Naomi is in the book, in this book, like just like more rough around the edges and like overt and like very confident. Um, so <laughs> that I think is why I liked that one. I did like this one, don't get me wrong. I just, um, I don't know. It just wasn't like, I didn't come out of it being like, that was my favorite contemporary romance that I've read, but I liked it nonetheless. Like I, I like my favorite part of it is the storyline behind it. Like that I really liked about it. That's fair. Yeah. And also um, you were talking about like the flow of the book. I have a question because you do audio book and I like obviously read the like hard copy of it. Yeah. Um, was it like, uh, cause in the book the, it flips between the two characters very uh, yeah. easily but yeah. it doesn't really you don't really get an indication at all that it's going from her to him I know what you mean. I know what you mean I noticed that towards the end I was like oh this is different like um it's it sounds super um what's the word like it's weird because the way it, it transitions you're like I okay so it for, for you, it was probably harder. For me, like the style of writing didn't transition too much to be like, oh, this is Josh speaking or oh, this is Clara speaking. What helped for me though, is there's two readers, um, like two voice actors in the book. So one is male, one is female. So that always helped. Yeah, I was wondering if like they actually brought in like a guy to do the guy parts. Cause then, yeah, I guess that would make it easier for the flow of conversation for you to be in like, informed that that was happening yeah it definitely helped a lot um so that was kind of like the trigger for me to know who was speaking or whose point of view it was 
yeah for me it usually took like maybe a sentence or two to kind of realize that it's no longer like Clara or maybe uh Josh I totally, totally blanked on his name oh. Josh <laughs> <laughs> yeah it's Josh um like who like who's who's talking basically so I was I forgot to ask you that yesterday so glad I remembered to ask you today but um yeah no for me I my overall view of the book was I agree it's like I really liked it it was a really good book but obviously like it's not my favorite (laughs) either like I wouldn't say like I've read like 12 books this year already in 2021 and (laughs) while it's like (laughs) while it's like and most of them are all like all of them are romances and like this was part of that 12 and I'd say like definitely not like it's probably maybe my top five from this year but it's definitely not my favorite of this year from this year we're 17 days in (laughs) I know and I'm gonna have another one finished most likely today you're crazy I bought the second book to like one of the other ones yesterday so I'm like devouring that but we'll get into that later yeah (laughs) but yeah no I yeah like I really like the story it was definitely a different spin on it because um you normally don't like when the setting's usually in LA and everything it's usually like an actor or like a pop star or something like that not a like porn star so like that that was an interesting take on like one of the main characters and it was kind of interesting that I guess it's kind of like not shocking that she made the girl character very more on the reserved yeah side either it it's kind of plays into that I guess whole old tale of time kind of thing where that happens a decent amount in books I find but I do have to give her props because like I don't really know where else you'll ever find a book like that like I this agree. one yeah like it was definitely different and I think that's why I liked it but it was also just like I don't know what I kind of anticipated but like listening to it I was like oh damn like this is this is graphic but I guess it's to be expected with the content that it's surrounded <laughs> and I think it makes it more in a way graphic at certain points because you're because part of the book is revolving around the porn industry and like yeah. all that side of it too right so it's kind of like whereas other romance books might touch on it or like kind of get into it even descriptions and stuff but I think it's more less shocking I guess and it feels more part of the book whereas this one since it is revolved around the porn industry just kind of like I don't know a little more of a (laughs) kind of situation maybe I don't know could be situational maybe on that that's true that's very true I don't know it's hard to say but (laughs) I don't know it's Um, you're not as shocked reading in another book as you I don't know I felt like I was with you I was a little shocked reading some of the stuff in this book but if you read any other romance book it's not really that far off yeah exactly I I think 
I don't know why I didn't anticipate it. I think just like for me, I was like, oh, it's going to be, you know what? I thought in my mind, I think that I was equating it a lot to like, like the other, and these are, this is why I like confused teen contemporary with like romance contemporary. And so I think I just went into it being like, oh, it's going to be like a cute little story about like two roommates, how they fall in love, blah, blah, blah. And then I was like, oh, right. We're reading a romance book. So I should probably reset my expectations around the content. But, um, but I mean, nothing wrong yeah. with it. It was, it was very well written, Rosie. Great job. <laughs> yeah. Like teen romance, like, or teen contemporary book, definitely <laughs> like they might talk about it and get into like some of the descriptions, but basically when the actual acts happen, it's like a sentence and then it moves on to the after part. <laughs> yeah. Whereas adults book, like romance books definitely are more on the descriptive side of like everything. So yeah, that's what you get. But yeah, I, I can see how you, well, and when you look at the cover, it's like, hot pink and it's got two people sitting on like a couch you could probably accidentally forget that it's definitely um an adult romance book and not a teen fiction or a teen yeah. romance book that's true because like that royals one is also very hot pinky looking too it, so. it is and i think that's why it's just the cover <laughs> yeah the cover definitely doesn't I don't know. To me, the cover is kind of like weird for the, like the actual book itself. I don't think it yep. matches so much what it is because I don't understand why they chose pink. Right? <laughs> but whatever. I know that um, authors don't always get to like they get presented with a bunch of ones so they don't maybe necessarily make um come up with every single concept for their um covers and stuff like that or at least that's what we got from uh Sherika. oh yeah 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 okay. <laughs> i was accidentally saying her name wrong and i feel bad every single time <laughs> but yeah no anyways moving on from that part but anyways, uh let's uh who was your favorite characters or what do you love about each character? I guess we'll go with that way. Oh, okay. Ooh. Okay. Okay. Um, I, okay. So start with Clara. Like she's not my favorite character of the bunch. Like she, it, she was written really well. Um, I think my favorite part about her was just how her like character arc, like progresses throughout the book. So I really liked that she came in um, as like, well, she was like, she came, we meet her at a like tumultuous time in her life where she's making all these decisions. And you're like, like, I like seeing that we see her in that regard, like right off the bat. And she's moving across the country and she's doing it for a guy, which I'm like, okay, well, that's fucking dumb, but whatever. Um, but so you kind of already know, like, oh, I feel bad for you that you're chasing this guy who's probably a fucking idiot. Um, and then, but like, she's taking a step, leaving like, her high society life and then just like moving to kind of like figure shit out for herself um and then I think just like seeing her develop throughout the book where she becomes like way more like 
I don't want to say selfish, but like she knows what she starts to figure out what she wants and she just kind of starts to take charge on that. And then I'm like that. Yeah. Damn girl, get that. Um, and then there's like, um, I like seeing her go from her, like, what am I trying to say? And then I like seeing her like help start this company in the porn industry. And that part is just like, damn, she took like this big leap. So I don't know. I love seeing her develop throughout the, the book. And then at the very end, her finding out what she actually wants and like willing to give up on this guy that she thought she wanted. So who wasn't the one for her. Um, but anyway, so I like that for her. Um, Josh was for sure my favorite character. Um, and I just really liked how he... Um, really just like how he was a porn star but he wasn't like an ass about it and he just like lived his life and that was what he wanted to do and but he's also like this really great guy who is kind of like apprehensive of falling in love but then he meets Clara and like I think they bring out like ah, I'm sorry oh my god you guys everything is ending um he brings out the best in in her and she brings out the best in him um and I just like that he's not like super cocky over the top. Like I, like, I feel like it would have been really easy to make him like an asshole kind of at the beginning. Mm -hmm. Um, and I really liked that he was never part like in that, like that was never part of his character. So, um, I just really like seeing him be like when he becomes vulnerable and like the things he thinks about and like how he starts to like fall for Clara. So I really liked Josh, um, as a character and, and for those reasons. And then um, I mean, I'm not going to touch too much on the other characters except for Naomi because she was also one of my favorite characters and I, um, I just liked how like this whole time I'm thinking, oh my God, she just is going to conduct, like concoct this plan to get Josh back and she's going to like fucking hurt Clara and I thought she would be like this huge bitch, but she's actually not that at all. And I think that was like really cool to read because I kept waiting for like her to do something that was just like, oh, fuck Naomi. But she doesn't, she never does that. And she's like a great person throughout the book. And you can see that she like genuinely wants the best for Josh. Um, and he, like, I don't know, she's just no, she's very self-aware and very like strong-willed and like rough around the edges, like I said. So I just like, like that portion of her. And I like that she was like, a really strong secondary character that had those attributes. Yeah. She does set her up to kind of like make you guess if she's going to become like someone that is going to be an issue, like your standard ex-girlfriend, especially like since what they do for a living mm -hmm. and like their, their biggest like endorsers to make their careers soar in like that industry and everything. So it's, I don't know you you kind of feel like there might be a like a possession um -ness about it especially since like their careers were kind of like a little bit in turmoil at the same time when all this was happening as well so yeah I definitely get what you mean because she kind of like sets you up to think that Naomi will become like that standard crazy ex-girlfriend that is going to like hurt everyone but she ends up being like one of their greatest allies in the entire situation yeah, exactly. Even though she's not a huge fan of their relationship to begin with because, well, they weren't even doing, haven't even tried a relationship, but like their feelings were towards each other because they just started the company and she was like, 
you guys do this, it's gonna like basically could potentially blow up in our face and like, we won't go anywhere. Yeah, exactly. Oh, okay. Is it recording? Okay. It is. Um, okay. So I guess for me, I, my kind of, I'm leaning towards like you, like as you said yourself, um, Josh, for your favorite, uh, for my favorite character, sorry. Yeah. Um, mainly for like a lot of the same reasons. Like I thought he was more of the complex um, character and everything, like between being a, like seemingly like a really nice guy and everything, but that he also was one of those guys in high school that probably didn't really, it sounds like he didn't really care too much about it and was more focused on girls and like cutting class and stuff. And then he ended up dropping out ultimately from uh, university. So, and then just like, it seemed like he didn't really feel a lot of, he had confidence, but in certain things, it seems like he doesn't have a lot of self-confidence. So just seeing him evolve a little bit from that um, initial insecurities and stuff that like, we kind of like seen um, near the beginning of the book to like where he ends up going at the end, kind of embracing and like rebuilding bridges and stuff, like especially specifically with his parents more so. Like it was just like um, really interesting to read about. For Claire, she is still pretty complex too, but I think it's just like how reserved she is as a human being. And like, she comes from like the East Coast elite society area. And like, like you said, she like was so infatuated with like her childhood friend that she like, convince herself that she loved him more as like a non-friend but like in love with him that she was willing to give up everything she had built and was potentially heading towards building to like move across the country with no job prospects nothing just to like be with him and then she ends up getting dropped like hop did (laughs) she basically lands in california yeah so (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> it's kind of like um I don't know it's she's she's good to, like I love the journey that she went on but it, I think it's just like her character in general like it's I didn't find any common ground with whereas I felt I felt um more common ground with Josh in like certain areas yeah like he was more confident and like and if he wasn't too sure about things, he kind of like faked it until he made it <laughs> kind of thing. Yeah, exactly. And like stuck to his guns where she was a little wafering on things uh, more so in the beginning. And at the very end, she like started becoming more um, confident and all like all that stuff. But uh, I don't know. It, you don't really start seeing that until like closer to the end. She's yeah. still like the like meek little reserved person for most of it. So it was just, <laughs> um, I didn't enjoy reading. Uh, like I just, I enjoyed her, but I didn't fully love her. Yeah. I feel that. I guess. So yeah. I, yeah. That's all I got to say. <laughs> God, that's, that. that's her. <laughs> um, but so part of the the book is like so what we're showing and talked it's talked about a decent amount um is that like her family is like uh elite from the east coast she's a socialite she's got a huge trust fund all that stuff and like those people usually tend to try and breed within their own area (laughs) um 
sounds really weird saying that but they try and like date within their own society and like scandal like depending on the scandal it could like rock them to the core and they just kind of like they don't like scandals even though they tend to yeah they tend to bring out some of the best scandals that we pretty much read about in a lot of things but um her aunt she ends up uh meeting up when she's down there like on the west coast which is kind of funny because you don't really like know that she's got an aunt until like i think a couple of chapters into the book yeah and like her aunt's scandal doesn't seem as bad as like some other scandals that i think she like wrote about but like her family cut her aunt off like fully yeah and it's just kind of interesting how like as the book end like near near the end of the book she's this girl's like create like um a new company within like kind of like the porn industry and all that stuff and she's like a blue collared or uh an east coast elite or at least from that family and she's basically like going to drag her aunt along to back to the family and basically like tell them to like suck it up we're here you have to love us again bring us back into your fold even though she's not really out of the fold yet but who knows i'm kind of wishing that we would have seen some of uh the interactions between her family yeah um, thinking about it now um because we never really got that we got what her family's reaction was towards her aunt jill and then we know that she kept lying to her family saying that she was living with bennett she never told them that she was living with this guy so and then when like that article came out near the end with her name on it saying that she was like the money behind this new company shameless and like all that stuff you kind of wish that you kind of saw what her parents reactions were yeah they brought josh's parents back into the fold and got more of their opinion on things so i don't know that's one thing that would have been nice to have in the book yeah no I agree with that too was to just see like her dynamic with them um because she like talks about them but we never really like get to see her reconcile with well like I know her and her mom still talk while she's gone but like I just mean like we don't get to see them react to her choices I guess yeah we don't see that at all and like we don't um uh, I I just had something in my head and I totally forgot it. <laughs> I don't know. She makes it such a big point and like she she cares obviously about what her parents think. She's she always seemed to revolve her life around doing what they wanted and everything. So it's kind of interesting that they didn't play a little bit more of a bigger part in the book than what like just like a fleeting thing of like she talked to her mom and her mom was like worried about her or like bringing up Everett and stuff like that so oh it was just interesting that she didn't really play that up a little bit more but yeah Josh's parents were brought up like a couple times and then she actually brought her like brought them in in the sense that he went and actually physically saw his parents well I guess it was more his mom at the time but um yeah I thought that was kind of interesting yeah no I agree um, one of the things I'm so crazy <laughs> <laughs> Nors. I figured that's what I was ignoring. <laughs> um, 
one of the, so the back of the book does have some questions and like one of the ones that was kind of interesting was um uh, where is it basically do you think that they would have ended up where they are where like in the, ep- in the end of the epilogue it did basically say that they were like getting married they were engaged and like all that stuff do you think that they would have gotten to that point if he was still like his contract battle with the black hat um company uh wasn't in the turmoil that it was and that he was actually still working and doing films and everything um like i feel like feelings were there right off the bat for him at least and then like I don't know, like, I, that's a different, like, had you, I honestly don't know, I feel like feelings would have been there, but I feel like Clara wouldn't have let it get so far, because she would have just been, I don't think she really cared that he was a porn star, but I think she just would have been like, well, she would have convinced herself that he wants to be with Naomi or he wants to I don't know like pursue other things so I don't know I don't think they would I don't know if they would have necessarily ended up together had he not come to the realization like had they not come to the realization that shameless could be something great and then having them not work together like I think the feelings are still there I just don't know if Clara would have let would have become so relaxed about it if that makes sense like she I feel like she would have kept her guard up yeah I agree like I think well and the other thing too is that like when he wasn't um in like at the beginning of the book he was like in contract things he wasn't really actually filming anything because he he it was indicated that he filled the um film quota for the year even though his contract hadn't finished yet yeah so um he didn't wasn't really required to film anything but when they did start creating so he wasn't sleeping with anyone um right off the bat when he they were first becoming roommates and then when they started shameless like he wasn't a performer he was on the back business side of it too so like if he did anything it probably would have been like with clothes on kind of um instructing the performers but they him and naomi and obviously Clara were not actually performers. Well, at least that's what I read it as. They no, that too. they weren't. Yeah. So I think that also helps. I don't think Clara would have been one of those girls that like obviously we don't like know any porn stars or anything like that. Yeah. But I would assume that it's kind of like I think porn stars stay with porn stars because then if they like love each other and stuff like that, they're kind of like in that industry and they understand that it's just like work and stuff and like they might not actually like have any feelings for the people that they're doing like the movies and stuff with whereas someone that's not in that industry might not really they might understand it but they might still like have their emotions overcome that uh, understanding though and I feel like Clara would have been struggling with that if they did start dating and he was still performing yeah I agree because yeah so like they might have but it might have not big hum to the point where they would have lasted because yeah I don't, 
I don't think she could have handled it if he was a performer. Yeah, was, like, performing all the time. Because yeah, she, she might have like not cared, but about like his job. But I think she would have. I think it would have ultimately put a wedge between their relationship. Yeah. But who knows? <laughs> um, oh, there was another thing. Um, what do you think of their concept of like what they did for Shameless? I liked it, honestly, just because I think it was different. And like, if you look at it outside of the book, like there's mm-hmm. not anything that exists like that. Or at least, I don't know. I haven't done the research, <laughs> but as far as I'm aware, there's really not a lot that cater to women in terms of that. Mm-hmm. Industry. So I feel like it, it was a really cool feministic like way to approach it. And I like, honestly, I think it's actually a really fucking bomb idea. And I, I don't know. Like, I liked it. I liked that it wasn't, I liked that the book focused a lot more than just on like the porn, like making a porn video. And this is a porn star. Like it really showed you a different side of it. And like, I'm very much a person who believes like sex workers or porn, like people in the porn industry, like Mm -hmm. they deserve exactly the same rights as every other person with a job. And they, Mm -hmm. um, like this is their their career and and really that's what it comes down to there's a market for it for sure so someone's got to do it right so um that's something they enjoy and they're passionate about and it, and it makes them it, it is a healthy place to work i'm all for it so i just feel like it sheds a good amount of light on like what this what like it gave a realistic approach to what the industry looks like and then like kind of all the different things that can go wrong when you go against a corp a large corporation and things like that so um so I liked that it wasn't really far-fetched that makes sense yeah no I get that like I agree like it kind of gave you like a different more insider like look at it like you kind of wonder if she actually like I think most people like research stuff like especially like when it comes to like stuff like this um prior to like writing the actual information so um, it sounds like she maybe actually did do some research on this kind of like industry and stuff like that and like how it's not maybe always like people just look at it as well you guys get paid to like fuck someone right so it's yeah. kind of like they might not be viewed as like actually doing something like really great in their lives so they feel like they can maybe like um abuse them in a way yeah so so I like the fact that like this author touched on that a lot because yeah it is an entertainment like yeah it's more rated R than any like most other things in this world but there's definitely a market for it like um like I don't know like if everyone in your like circle of like people you know watch it on the regular have ever watched it but like I think worldwide, there's probably more than 50% of the people do watch it, whether it's regularly, once in a while, like whatever, like there's definitely, it's watched, I think, just as much as like actual, um, like Hollywood movies. So they should be treated and paid and like all that stuff, like just as maybe 
like just as well right yeah so it's it was nice that that she was able to touch on them and like their company shameless like was bringing in more of the like uh like kind of like not so much your straightforward like enjoyable like i guess porn stuff but it's more of like an instructional thing yeah not so much like kind of like sex ed but for adults <laughs> yeah but like not in the way that like um you don't know what you're like it's more geared towards people that like just maybe need to learn how to like enhance their like sex yeah. life with their partners and stuff like that so I thought that was like an interesting concept in that they were able to bring it to life and everything so like that was kind of cool they yeah were able to like um come up with like that kind of concept just like those two and then bringing roping in like the ex-girlfriend yeah. <laughs> who ends up being like basically they're like kind of like a little mini wolf pack <laughs> right I love it so yeah I thought it was kind of awesome and like they use like yeah I don't know and it also helped Clara get out of her shell a little bit more too I think yeah. even though she wanted to be a silent partner and stuff like that and help him like get it off the ground and like kind of like think step back like I like the fact that she um once she helped uh that lady get that re- re-elected for the campaign or whatever that she basically went full-time into this so I thought that was kind of cool agreed agreed but yeah, oh, I don't really have much more on the book though. No, me neither. I like thought it was just really great. It was a good book, and I honestly think that it is a recommended read for anyone. I know it's a little bit like different subject matter, I guess, than you'd anticipate, but it's really well written, like we both said, and it's from both points of view, and uh, it's just not your typical romance book. So check it out by what's her name rosie denan i think it's denan but i could be wrong check her out guys check her out (laughs) yeah like i'm like she is really good and i kind of intrigued to see like what else like she's written to see where like something else but um she's definitely like i would definitely recommend this book to other people i actually have a friend that uh requested to read it so look at that (laughs) Yeah, so it's already uh, going to be passed off tomorrow at work, and uh, someone else is going to give it a read. So I'll be interested to see what their take is on it at the time. So, Um, especially since she actually read that girl from Widow Hills. Oh, really? And she liked it. (laughs) And I was like, that is not Lindsay's and my impression of that book. (laughs) Interesting. Yeah, she was like, it, it like, sucked her in and all that stuff and I was like I had to wait until she finished reading it and then like I was like yeah no like we did not like it I was like maybe don't listen to the podcast (laughs) yeah fair fair I was like I think I, I I told her I was like I ended up questioning why like the murders even happened because I didn't understand what what the purpose of it was so yeah I forgot to tell you that it was like a little tidbit from like one of the people that sometimes reads our books oh, her nice. viewpoint on one on that one so yeah it, it's very interesting to see like how different people's opinions on certain books are like you and I differ sometimes on our opinions on the books too so yeah that's true 
but this one I think we're pretty much um, on the same page on everything so it's one of the few that we both uh, really enjoyed but wasn't our favorite of that genre so but definitely recommend and um, yeah uh, let's uh, go through what we've currently read even though I'm pretty sure you haven't read anything yet. (laughs) (laughs) I haven't, I have no update. I've read this book and that was it. Um, uh, Yeah, it's been a busy December and half of January, (laughs) Jesus, we're oh my God, are we almost, we are closer to February than we are to the beginning of January. Anyway, um, it's okay though guys, because Kristen has enough books to share that she's read already over these 17 days uh, then or enough for both of us is what I'm trying to say. So Kristen, you go right ahead. <laughs> okay. So um, I'm not going to list every single book I've read since we finished our last recording. Cause the year end review, we actually recorded it. Um, I believe it was actually like a lot, like a, I was going to say 11, <laughs> but I mean, November, like the very end of November. Um, so it's been a while. So <laughs> it's been about a month and a half at this point, I think. So I'm just going to list the books that um, I have for the beginning of 2021, because I decided to actually write all of them down in a spreadsheet. So um, what I've read so far this year, I'll list all the names and I, it looks like I actually read a couple of books by the same author and I didn't realize it, but um, Trainwreck by Elise Faber. Bad Motherfucker by Jacinda Wilder. Bad Boy by Jacinda Wilder. Roman Notes by Elise Faber. London is Falling by Danielle Norman. Save Me by Chelsea McDonald. Security Risk by Megan Matthews. Dirty Flirting by Ava um, Elise. One Lucky Cowboy by Carolyn Brown. The Chase by Ellie Kennedy. Obviously The Roommate by Rosie Denan. Good Girl Gone Bad by Jacinda Wilder. And then I'm almost done um, The Risk by Ellie Kennedy. So that they're, those two are together in a series. And then the three, Bad Motherfucker, Bad Boy, and Girl Gone Bad. There's like eight brothers in Alaska. And that was um, the first three books from that series. So... That's what I've read so far, 2021. So we'll see where we get at the end of the year. At this rate, I'm definitely going to clear 100. Yeah, you freaking will. I can't even believe that, man. <laughs> I'm intrigued to see because like this time next year, well, depending on when we record it next year, but January's episode next year, I will reveal the actual number of books I've read in 2021. So mm-hmm. you guys have to wait until the month is here. But something yeah. I look forward to. This year's year end will be great because you can talk about all the books you've read and see if you made it to 100. I know. I will see because, like, once I find out how many books I've read this year, I could probably then actually up it because I know I usually clear 100. I'm pretty positive on that, but yeah. never actually have it written it down. So, dude, that's crazy to me. I multitask. <laughs> when I read half the time yeah working out's a great way to do it and then um I'll read and watch tv at the same time so I do that a lot 
Yeah, especially if it's like TV shows that maybe have some lagging parts, or if I have to watch commercials, which oh. I try not to. That's fair. That That's a good thing to do when the commercials on. Yeah, exactly. So, or sometimes sports, I put it on, read it. But right now, the Cleveland uh, Kansas City game's on. For everyone that obviously loves sports, which Lindsay does not like football. So, she's <laughs> <laughs> definitely not watching it today. I am not. I am not. <laughs> um, but yeah, so if anyone wants to um, give us recommendations, whether it's booze related, books related, or if you just want to say hi or anything like that, um, or tell us how awesome we're doing, or if you uh, have any critiques for us, we are always open to it. Um, and you can message us or get to us via our Instagram page, booze and books podcast, um, or our personal ones, Lindsay or Lynn.set, L I N D dot S A I D, and Kristen.shew, S H E W. Or you can email us at booze and books at gmail.com that's b-o-o-o-z-e-b-o-o-o-k-s at gmail.com oh, she's so much better at it than me but yeah so like we're gonna figure out what we're gonna read for next month uh we're still taking a look at that uh we might have a recommendation from one of her co-workers that's a suspense thriller so i think we're probably going to stick with that genre for next month but Make sure to check out our Instagram page because that's where we're going to end up having to post what it is for next month. So I guess uh, that's it for this episode. So hope everyone's staying safe and bye. Bye. Bye.